This is Shotgun Shell with Arizona Roller Girls. You are listening to Out From Under the Bed with Boogeyman, a Meowder Limits production. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Out From Under the Bed. I am your host, the Boogeyman, always joined by my lovely wife, co-producer, social media manager, ramp buddy, man, all the things. Master, how are you doing today? <laughs> so I have to say we're laughing because we were just talking about how I, in every episode, because I have nothing to say to that answer, I just sound like Corbin Dallas on Fifth Element when Ruby Rod's like trying to talk to him with the microphone, where it's just like, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it straight from Corbin Dallas everyone he says hi <laughs> <laughs> so oh. now I'm just done I'm done now <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's oh. how my day's going all right <laughs> fuck yeah the end. all right so on today's show oh. we have trauma queen from your Arizona roller girls uh fe- being featured in our sober series for January but first, we're going to get to our sponsor, Siphon Draw Apothecary. They're not here with us currently, but <laughs> I'm going to let you know where you can. F- <clears throat> I think they're always with us because they're just Yeah, they're just here all the time on our skin. Yeah. You know, everywhere. You know, see master. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so they have a physical location here in Apache Junction, 4650 North Mammoth Mine Road. Uh, Apache Junction, Arizona, 85119. So go ahead and breeze in there. Check out what they have in their inventory. Or if you want to check them out online, we want you to find them using that link tree on our profiles on Instagram and Facebook, Out From Under the Bed with the Boogeyman, and Out From Under the Bed. Either one will get you there. And uh, do some shopping through that affiliate link we have with Siphon Draw Apothecary. Because uh, it helps out two small businesses at the same time. This show, Meowder Limits Productions, LLC. And um, the sponsor as well. They are a small business. Uh, so support us. Support them. That would be rad. Master, you got any uh, words about some of the products we've been using lately? Um, I mean, other than to be mad at myself for taking my creosote salve to work and then not bringing it home, and now I just feel like I'm addicted, and now I'm without it, and I'm withdrawing. I need to go and get another one. Oh, it just feels so good when I put it on. I'm just addicted to it now. I'm done. It smells like desert rain. If you don't know what desert rain smells like or you like the smell of desert rain, you get some creosote hand salves. I've been I've been supplementing with the lotion though my backup. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah. lotion's pretty good too. It smells so good. Smells I'm that creep really walking good. around smelling your their hands because you're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, my hands smell really good. Master gets in there, smells her own hands mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> really creeping out. And you can find them on other social media platforms. Siphon draw apothecary. TikTok, um, Instagram, Facebook, all of it, I think, is universal as far as their handle goes. And they also have a art gallery, too. The art gallery page is Siphon Draw Art Gallery. Right, Master? Yep. Nod your head. 
I see you drinking your siphon draw tea My over there. Tea. Yeah. Yep. My heart oh, hug. You got your hair My in there. Stuck in it. it wants some too. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so they got an art gallery, and Dolly has been putting out some amazing pieces. Oh the full gosh. moon piece that ooh that was just uh so good. put up the other day. Yeah, follow follow them on Facebook and Instagram and stuff too. She's been putting out some really beautiful like desert sunsets um against the superstitions and oh there's this really cool one with like a swirl cactus and the light looks like um it's like that morning sunlight that blinds you and that painting like really sells you on how horrible it is to drive to work sometimes, but you know, whatever. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Siphon draw art gallery. And also too, right now she's doing, um, paint and sips and it's tea. It's her tea. Oh, that sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. So she's got like a whole, I think like little tea station and you, and she supplies the paint and the canvas and yeah, there's, um, if you go onto that page also, I think there's, she actually has the Facebook events that you can click on to remember that it's happening. That's nice. Yeah. That'd be a good group activity. Right. Yeah, That's Matt, we, we want to check it out and um, bring a little, yeah. bring the Cheddar Wolf out because yeah, totally. they are into art and um, things oh, yeah. of that nature. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, speaking of art, I've just pulled up our show artists, their page on Instagram, at Art by Cherry Jane. They do all of the artwork for the program, our logo for Meowder Limits Productions, our logos for the show. Uh, so shout out to them. Uh, they have commotions. Man, I got a lips. Got to get my lips retreaded here. <laughs> um, they have commissions open right now for show flyers and other things. So yeah, hit them up. Shoot them a DM at no. Art by Cherry Jane. Yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. There's some QP examples. Yeah, yeah. So peep all yeah. that out. Super oh, they're rad. so adorable. Super glad to uh, have her as the show artist. And in other news about oh, so cute things involving our arts department, her husband and the hideaway. Oh my gosh, that Medusa one. His is band. Yes. yes, they're checking out some of Cherry's artwork right now. Oh, uh, so his cute. band, The Hideaway, they are doing a opening theme song for us. You can follow their Instagram page at the is it the Hideaway LV? Yes. Uh, on is. Instagram. It is. The yeah. So check out the Hideaway LV. Yeah, they're always to playing check out around. a sneak peek of the opening theme song yeah. for the show. So shout out to them, and you get to hear from George and Cherry being featured as a couple on our February Couples program. You get to meet the both of them, our arts department. So that's uh, going to be pretty special. So yeah, we encourage everybody to check out their pages. And also, um, there's going to be some closing theme songs, too, from Cherry Jane and George. They have another band that they are in called Lost Nelgonas. Uh, that's going to be a revolving closing theme song. So we're going to be featuring a lot of their, <clears throat> a lot of their stuff 
as we go on through the program, but that hideaway song will last throughout the year and next season, season three, we'll have a different song. But this season, you'll be enjoying that one as the show opens every time. And uh Master. Yeah. We got our Meowder Limits mugs. Yes. We're going to be posting those to the Meowder Limits store here shit shortly. Yep, 15 ounce mugs. So the good size mugs Mm -hmm. that are the functional ones, it seems like. Yes, they're very functional. Um, You got to do a lot, I guess, for the handle to fall off. But (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, support Meowder Limits Productions LLC and get a sweet mug. Uh, ceramic yeah, mug. I'll get that on the shop. We'll have like left-handed, right-handed options. Yeah, right. Um, and then one of them will be if you've seen it, the full print of the the galaxy all the way around the mug, or you can do just the outline of the cat. Yeah, so there's going to be options so, like Master said. Pricing options. Pricing options. Right hand, left hand options. So when you're drinking your mug of tea perhaps siphon draw tea mm-hmm, or some mm-hmm. coffees and uh you're right or left-handed you're uh bam always flashing that space cat That's we appreciate awesome. that um what else we got here meowder limits mug let me get to my next page all right so master and i we visited a local business called golden bakery and restaurant this is a free plug for them um, I've been wanting to try. I've been wanting to go into that restaurant for many years now, and finally I got the chance to. It's located at 1849 North Scottsdale Road. It's on the Tempe side, uh, Arizona 85288. It's a Mediterranean spot. Um, <clears throat> you can find like a lot of halal food and stuff there for people seeking that. I appreciate finding businesses with foods like that. Um, so yeah, check them out. Master, what do you got for the food there? Oh, yeah, I got, um, the hummus with shawarma beef, beef Mm -hmm. shawarma on it. It was so good. And then what was that? It was almost like, because they have a lot of flatbreads there. So it was flatbread with, like, cheese on it and what, some beef shawarma. Yeah, it was like, uh, like Euro meat or, like, beef, like, shaved beef. But uh, that was delicious really good stuff. Too. It was called Sukjok. Something like that. Was it yeah. served open? Like yeah. A pizza? yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, it was, it was so, so good. So good. And, uh, well, because I saw like the people in front of me, they had it on their table, and I was like peeking at it for like 10 minutes before I was like, I'm just going to go order my own. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were eyeballing that for yeah. sure. And I, you know, I got the. Um, you know the the leaf uh the lamb and beef kebab kind of combo action that's always good the uh the rice combo with the uh it was like a yellow rice with the white rice pretty good normally most spots have uh the the straight up yellow rice but it was a combo of the two which was really delicious so yeah recommend it if you're visiting here for Roller Rage and you want a uh, decent meal and you're in the area, go check them out. 1849 North Scottsdale Road in Tempe, Arizona. Speaking of Roller Rage, I'm going to be playing that. The tournament starts Friday, January 19th and lasts through Sunday, January 21st. 
You can find your tickets and everything like that online and or in person. Uh, Roller Rage, um, like there's a Roller Rage page, I believe, on um, Facebook and things of that nature. But uh, the where the tournament is happening is at the Hall of Dames, 2517 North, or shit, excuse me, 2517 West McDowell Road, Suite 118, Phoenix, Arizona, 85009. Come on out, check out Roller Rage. There is going to be a ton of talent there from all over the place. So, yeah, it's Bank Track Roller Derby. It's open gender. It's at the Hall of Dames. So, check that out. <clears throat> and also, Master and I, we have our first. What was it? Our season opener? Yep, our season opener. After COVID, USARS. our first game, USARS game with Phoenix Roller Derby, uh, Saturday, January 20th. That is at nighttime. So I'm going to be mixing it up with playing a lot of roller derby that weekend. So shout out. Yeah. To my friends at Cal Squad, shout out to Phoenix Roller Derby for, um, yeah, having an open gender uh, squad I could play for and uh, have a home here. Uh, if you want to come check that game out, it is at the Peoria Sportsplex, located 16083 North 75th Avenue, Peoria, Arizona, 85382. So, yeah, check that out. Master. Yeah, it's, right, it's not far from where Roller Rage is. So Yeah, it's not that far. Yeah, if you want to, after watching Bank Track, go watch some... Some USARs. Some USARs. Because, uh, yes, there's going to be some uh, athletes other than myself getting down that are participating in the Roller Rage tournament in that game that evening. So, yeah, come support. Uh, check us all out. Watch us mix it up some more out there on the flat track. Uh, AZRG, speaking of, we have our guests here as well from the Arizona Roller Girls. They have their season opener uh, Saturday, February 10th at the Broadway Rec Center, 59 East Broadway Road, Mesa, Arizona, 85210. So uh, go check them out. It is um, not going to be an open gender matchup that game, so you know what that means. There's going to be some content for the show, and I'm going to be bringing all of you the play-by-play for my friends at the Arizona Roller Girls so check out the recorded play-by-play for the show and uh, for their league. I really enjoy doing that. And I really enjoy having our my friends here from the Arizona Roller Girls because like I mentioned in the uh, last episode with uh, Shotgun Shell, I got my start there in the Roller Derby and that's where it all began for me. So featuring them on these episodes uh, leading into my 11th year of sobriety is very special to me because that's where my journey began. That's awesome. Um, so I first caught the <clears throat> I first caught the disease at about 19 years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, for, first for anybody who uh, didn't catch the introduction at the beginning of the show, we have. Trauma Queen from your Arizona Roller Girls here in studio for our Sober Series interviews. Hello. Hey, hey. Sorry if hey. I did not give you that proper introduction. No, it's okay. 
I had a lot of stuff to get to there <laughs> yep. at the top of the program. Ooh, shit. All right. So like I mentioned, when, when I was younger, I caught that disease at about 19 years old. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, now I'm in my forties going on my 11th year coming up. What was it like for you? And because alcohol being so accepting Mm -hmm. within our society especially you know me being of a certain age you know and then I don't know how old you are whatever but it was a thing that you know maybe sometimes our parents would give us a a little bit at dinner time Mm -hmm. and what have you and it was always acceptable so I started when I I had my first drink when I was 13 (laughs) and it just kind of can continued all through my life with breaks like I had kids so I didn't drink really for a few years while I was having kids and stuff like that but um, like you said it's very acceptable it's very um, advertised like it's the fun thing to do it's something you deserve at the end of every day you know if you have a rough day you go and have a drink so we're very brainwashed as a community and so you don't necessarily look at yourself and go you know I might have a problem with this or this is getting a little bit out of control for me so I drank consistently from the time I was 13 until last October of 2022 was the last time I drank and I'll be 49 this year so it's a long time yeah you know but nobody ever says like hey you might have a problem with this because you hang out with people that are doing the same thing like you know if there wasn't booze involved I didn't want to go so I made sure that my friends were all drinkers too yeah you know Matt we just kind of kind of mentioned that you know getting it's a struggle trying to get Mm -hmm. some people show up to your roller derby games if there's (laughs) no booze there yeah you don't sell beer there well let me know when you do you know yeah well you're not a pro drinker then dude (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you gotta learn how to smuggle it in with you (laughs) right yeah so that's why i was saying well you're you're a bummer then you're just a bummer but yeah i mean yeah like it's it's a thing because i remember going to barbecues and shit with my parents um being younger and uh especially like when we moved out here and even block parties and stuff Mm -hmm. in chicago um, it was, you know, it's what's on TV. I mean, fucking Budweiser mm-hmm. sponsors the NFL. It's supposed to be a family-friendly thing. I mean, what's more family-friendly than the legal drug that's been tearing <laughs> families apart yeah, for exactly. centuries? You know what I mean? Like, fucking A. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but, yeah, so uh, uh, when I was... I forgot, man, I, I, I went off on too much of a tangent there. <laughs> See, this is what you, this is what happens here on this uh, program. I get to, I get to thinking too fast yeah. and then, uh, whatnot, but, um, uh, master, you got, um, <clears throat> um, so what was kind of, what was kind of your enough is enough moment? I had a few incidents leading up to it. Some of them I'd rather not say they're too embarrassing. I'm like, those are skeletons that stay deep in my closet. But one in particular, I had been, I lived down by the BRC. And I don't know if you guys know, there's um, Mesa Art Center is over there. Mm -hmm. I drove. It's like a half a mile. I drank a bunch of wine while I was there. I came home. I fell asleep in my car, in my garage, with it running. 
and didn't wake up until three o'clock in the morning. So number one, obviously I shouldn't have driven home, but it's only a half a mile. So you think like, oh, no big deal. I can totally make it. Obviously I wasn't in any mindset to drive. So there was a couple other things and I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And I had sought out medical help. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of naltrexone. It's a drug that you take while you're still yes. drinking, but it's supposed to rewire your path, neuropathways so that you don't, I don't know, if you don't get the same warm feeling with your first drink or it just that's you stop the, craving it as much. I don't think if that's the one that makes you like physically sick or not. <clears throat> no. There's another one. I mm-hmm. forget what that is, but um, I, that's kind of like a more mild one, I mm-hmm. guess. Well, I took, I got it I and it. I took one dosage and I hated it I felt like I was on opiates because it's the same thing as an opiate blocker and I had to lay down in bed I was sick to my stomach like my muscles hurt it was just bad and after that I was like I'm never drinking again I'm never taking this medication again I don't know what it did but it's like a light switched in my brain and I was like I am done I can't do this anymore well, maybe that's like the ultimate point of that <laughs> yeah, medication exactly. for it to Probably. work the first time. That would be amazing if that it worked for be, everybody. Yeah, that would be wild if that was the point of that where it was supposed to work the mm-hmm. first time like that, and you were just like the, uh, you know, the one in <laughs> ten case yeah. or fifty or this or that. I want. I'm curious about that now. Um, how many people it worked for like the first time like that? That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I think most people take it like you're supposed to. Like, you're supposed to take it like 30 minutes before you drink or something. And supposedly, like, all of the first side effects I had, they kind of don't keep happening. But I didn't want to go through it again. So I was like, I'm not taking this again, ever. Shit. And that was... And that was after... That was after um, falling asleep in Mm -hmm. your car and shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Man, Man, hearing stuff like that... It brings me back to when I was able to strip myself out of my zipped up motorcycle coat. Oh my gosh. Um, with a hoodie on underneath and uh, be able to get out of that, you know, taking my helmet off and everything. Um, that's wild, dude. Like, I just don't know how i got home yeah i don't know how i did all of that mm-hmm. you know i asked my mom the the morning before and i you know at that time i think back on stuff like that and i'm like dude why couldn't it that could have been enough for me right there but mm-hmm. it still wasn't dude like that's i mean master and i might dive into this this kind of stuff a little bit more here on the 27th with me but holy shit that's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. And your garage was closed, too. That's no, so- it was open. Oh, it was At open? Everybody that's, okay. that's why you okay. survived. How yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I pulled in. I guess I put my car in park. And then, like, my car was still running when I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. My gas light was on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just sure. <laughs> ran out all my gas sitting there with my car idling. But, I mean, you just think back on things. There's so many Crazy other stuff. Yeah. incidences where you're like, how did I survive? all of these years of drinking because you put yourself in such dangerous situations without even thinking about it yeah like um what what are some of those experiences that you could pro- that you feel comfortable sharing um about 
what kind of fucking lunatic shit you did when you were drinking because, you know, driving like this out of the sunroof. Oh. I I fucking poked my head out when I had a Buick Riviera and did some wild shit like that. Ride a motorcycle fucking super fast, like really irresponsible stuff. Am I glorifying this in no way? I just want to make sure that, you know, these are experiences you don't want to have and you're hearing them from Mm -hmm. people who had these and can tell you to definitely stay away from these times. Right. Yeah, right. and I was going to say, and if you're hearing this and it sounds a lot like you, <laughs> and as as uh, Trauma explained, no one told her she has a problem, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Please go yeah. get help. <laughs> it's really like when you start listening to other people's sobriety stories, you're like, yeah, I can relate to that. I can relate to this kind of behavior. Um, I can't think of any other, like... I mean, just as a teenager, I would sneak out of my house in the middle of the night. My mom had no idea where I was, like, and we're always drinking as kids. And, you know, you just don't have the logical thinking. So you're just kind of willing to do anything, not thinking, like, I could die from doing this, you know? Yeah. I probably drove way more times than I ever should have after drinking. And I think about that, too. Like, now that I'm sober, I'm like, how many other drunk drivers are out on the Mm -hmm. road? Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. There are a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you see results of a lot of drunk driving stuff oh, yeah, with your work. Sure. You know, I always think about the times, you know, when, you know, when the boozing and cruising was kind mm-hmm. of acceptable. Yeah. When being little with my dad mm-hmm. and, you know, fucking man, we used to go cruising around when we lived in Chicago and like drive to Wisconsin and stuff. And like the boat, yeah, he used to have these like Monte Carlos and Buicks and shit. We always used to have like really cool cars. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember him like sipping beers as he was driving down the road. Like all it the was time. Yeah. Ex- like where, where are you from? Like originally here or someplace else? Cause I'm originally, like I said, from Chicago. I'm from Illinois as well. Okay. So I was born in Oakland, but when I was six weeks old, we moved to Illinois, like central Illinois. So mainly farmlands. Mm-hmm. So that was the big thing. Like everybody was drinking all the time. It wasn't a big deal to drink when you're driving. Yeah. And I do remember like being with males that always had like six packs sitting in their console there you know for sure oh yeah is there uh oh, do you have any i actually like, like it made me think about this time where um i had this this friend in college and we for spring break drove down to louisiana to help clean up after hurricane katrina and I just remember him talking about the open container law and just like, well, if I only drink one beer an hour while I'm driving, <laughs> then I'm going to be under that limit. Right. And I'm just like, I, it was just mind blowing to see someone, I guess, just crack a beer in front of me and be driving. Mm-hmm. I've, I guess never really experienced that. I mean, I did have, well, I guess, oh, no, but that was later in life. I had an alcoholic ex and he would drink all the time Mm -hmm. in the car and you learn the tricks like i used to get the polar pop cups and then you just put a can in it put the straw down into the opening of the can nobody ever knows that you've got a can of beer or whatever in your polar pop cup (laughs) drink and drive during the day because the likelihood of getting pulled over is lower (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yep i know yeah i mean i'm telling you dude I used to do all that wild ass shit. And like I said, on a motorcycle for mm-hmm. most... 
which is terrifying. Most of my um, time doing this, and I touched on this a little bit. The drinking like that always led to like you know narcotics for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, doing a little cocaine. Oh yeah, coke and go- alcohol seems like it's the it's the pair that goes Did together. Did you get down right. with a little nose candy? In sometimes, your drinking days? yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because. Yeah, like I said, because for you, was that it? Like, I can drink a little bit more if I do a little too? Yeah, because it kind of sobers you up, and you're like, oh, I can keep drinking. You never, you never get wasted when you've got Coke on board. And then you don't feel tired. Yeah, like, exactly. How makes you feel. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I never really, because I always thought, because the drinking was semi-acceptable, mm-hmm. but when it came to, like, doing the Coke and shit, I never really felt like I had an addiction to that. Yeah, um, me neither. Because uh, my parents would have been disappointed, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if I would have fucking been dead and dead off of Coke in my room, they would have been pre- more disappointed in me than that if I was drunk. Right, right. Or, like, you know, you know, died from drinking overnight or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like that never, there was never an occurrence, but that was always go went through my mind. Like, I need to not do too, too much of this because mm-hmm. if this happens, the disappointment <laughs> yeah. would crush me even though I was dead. I don't know. It's well, then, thing. like knowing that, then did you limit to yourself when you would use cocaine? Like, I'm only going to use it at night when I'm, like, partying and I want to keep hanging out with everyone? Or was it sometimes like, uh, like I've been day drinking and you hit that point where you start getting, like, really tired and you're like, oh, all no. right, now we got to go out and drink. It was always in a party. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, party scenario. Yeah. It would yeah, always, I don't, like, show up. I don't, yeah, I don't think I ever, like, Given had my own Coke in my possession. But if it was there and somebody offered it to me, I'm... Yeah, I'm like, given the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out with, you know, this or that. Because, you know, it was, like, other people like me at my, you know, at the time, motorcycles mm-hmm. and fast living and shit like that, you yep. know. So, like, it would always show up at a party. Yeah. Well, I mean, Absolutely. it was, yeah, I saw it around at parties that I was at, too. But I never, like, partook until later in life when I realized that that's what was happening Mm -hmm. when I'm like out pass out at like 2 (laughs) a.m. and everyone's still going and I'm actually really thankful I don't think I realized that combination earlier because then I really I understood that at a time where I was not deep into partying or anything Mm -hmm. really at that point anymore it was just like well you know you want a shot and I was like oh or oh that a lot makes sense now yeah 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 but shit I look back on those days when I was younger, though, like high school, because we were doing a lot of crazy shit like that, because I knew, I knew where it was coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, like I knew it wasn't some crazy stepped on bullshit, or there was like how, how like you got to deal with these days, like, I mean, if you're struggling through like addiction or whatever, especially if it's powders and stuff, like, if you're... It, you're really playing roulette these mm-hmm. days with that because it's fucking oh, yeah. all that got fentanyl, fentanyl and shit yeah. in it. Because back when when powders were mm-hmm. around, um, it was a little bit safer. So, like, I knew where it was coming from a lot of the time. So, right. like, I felt safe enough, especially when I was younger, for my friend Dan, <clears throat> the Goozy. He ended up, uh, unfortunately, getting murdered. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, right? Um, so, like... <laughs> We all knew where, like, our ex was coming from and mm-hmm. this and that. Like, 
uh, MDMA, like in the capsules back in the day, like shit, when we were high school age, we'd open up the capsules, sprinkle the shit in our mouths. But yeah, so like it was always uh, pretty all right mm-hmm. back in those days. But like as I got older and shit, it was just like, hmm, I don't really, I don't really know where this is uh, coming right. from too much, unless it's like. When I said it, it showed up at a party mm-hmm. and I kind of like knew that person. Like, okay, you know, like I know you kind of got good dope. You know, yeah, yeah. Bit of that. But yeah, so yeah, it was a uh, shit fucking wild times, dude, back growing up. So yeah, because 14 though, um, like I said, I wasn't really big into drinking at like 14, 14. Like parents, you know, give mm-hmm. a little bit at dinner time or whatever, like sip it. It was always kind of grosser to me then, but. When I got on task, though, <laughs> and I couldn't blow that tree down, yeah, mm, that MGD started tasting a little bit sweeter. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, you know, what was I gonna do? All my friends were getting <clears throat> fucked up. <clears throat> you know, like it's not like I had any positive thing to like not do other than that. And like, okay, well, I'm spending a lot of time. See, this is. This is like shit we might get into like a little bit, but at that time I spent a lot of fucking time by myself mm-hmm. too. Like, um, cause I was the only one that still had a bicycle when I was 19 and stuff like that, you know, cause I was working towards buying my own car mm-hmm. and this and that. So like when we were partying and like doing, doing like drugs and whatever, um, I was oftentimes like, okay, well. I can't really make it to where you guys are, but I bought this teener, mm-hmm. you know, to try to party, <laughs> but I'm just going to go fucking do it and go cruise around and listen to music on my yeah. bicycle and just have the best fucking time of my life, mm-hmm. dude. And um, so, again, that might say, that might feel like I'm making this behavior acceptable, but, you know... At the time, it was safe to do, um, and uh, it felt okay for me to do it because I would work hard. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. It goes back to that. I found all that shit to be acceptable because I was, like, 19, and I was fucking making a lot of money at my job and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, working a lot of hours. Okay, well, it's okay for me to drink a case of beer on my day off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um what was that like for you like you know with the working hard mindset or like i deserve this right well and there's so much like working in different environments but let me anytime where there's other co-workers around you know you're both kind of in this shitty same shitty situation so it's always happy hours or like you said day drinking like let's go out to brunch so there's bottomless mimosas and then it just keeps going the whole entire day and so you would spend like your first day off drunk all day and then the next day you feel like shit in the morning so you're like well I might as well start drinking again because at least I'll feel better from that you know but it's such a social thing here that you know it's wherever you're going out let's go to a club and everybody's getting wasted while we're there you know that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like all of my social interactions since I was a teenager are always have been related around drinking. We would go, we moved here when I was 14. I went to high school in Gilbert. And the only thing to do in Gilbert would be go out to the desert and party. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, I was at Gilbert from 91 to 93. Okay. I graduated in 93. So, yeah. I, 
I can kind of <clears throat> picture Gilbert because I wasn't too I wasn't out there too far yet because mm-hmm. we moved out here. But I've I've seen a lot of pictures. I like photography of certain oh, yeah. areas. I mean, it was time. nothing like it is oh, now. Yeah. It was farms and like two lane roads and stop signs. Everybody do that. Like if you <laughs> like old timey photography, yes. photography and shit, the stage photography, if you can like, you know, find certain Google words for it for Arizona in particular is pretty wild. It dude. is. It's... Yeah. I remember when Gilbert started to become a city and I was like, people live out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause yeah. We moved uh, from from North Phoenix to Chandler. Okay. And um, so like I kind of Chandler was Chandler the same was pretty, way and everything like pretty that. Pretty farmy back mm-hmm. then too in the nineties. I mean, both cities have grown up so much; it's crazy to see. I go out there and I'm like, none of the, I don't recognize anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So tell us more about the uh, about these desert parties from back <laughs> in the day because. Some of us, you know, some of my Arizona listeners might be uh, familiar with like, oh, yeah, I can remember that shit. I can't remember all the spots that we went to, but every weekend there was going to be a party and everybody was invited. I mean, I don't think there was anybody not invited. So the one place I remember, it's kind of funny. It was called the end of Elliot, which was like Ellsworth and Elliot. My daughter lives right there right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I probably partied right here where your house is. But at the time, it was way far out in the desert and it would just be tough. Tons and tons of kids. The cops never found us. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have these huge bonfires. We always had a keg, and it was a good time. I actually no cell phones. Thank right. God, I right. grew up without social media yeah. and cell phones. I know. <laughs> so nothing's displayed. We on just the had internet. thirty-five millimeter cameras. We had <laughs> yeah. to go get developed, or yes. someone else was going to see them anyways. And yeah. you didn't know if they were going to come out good. You yeah, yeah. it was a gamble. It was, it was a, a gamble, gamble every time. <laughs> But if you had a buddy that worked in the Walgreens that was already there at the party, so like if someone's wiener mm-hmm. was on the camera or whatever, it was all good because yeah. he's probably seen it. He's probably seen your wiener anyway, <laughs> so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> oh, you're ridiculous. Because it was crazy, dude. Like, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, you know, people... I'll hear that sometimes. I'm like, come on, dude. We all had 35 millimeter mm-hmm. cameras, dude. Like, if you look in a shoebox somewhere, you'll find some of those pictures. Yeah. Some of yeah. the Polaroids. We had Polaroids, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the little, dis- I think the disposal cameras yeah. that just started Disposables. coming out. Yeah. Where you would take them and yeah. just That's throw the I mean. whole camera. I got a shoebox full yeah. of them. Yeah. If I can ever develop them, there's, some, there's probably some wild stuff on You there. should develop them. I really want to because there's probably some pictures in there of uh, a lot of friends of mine who aren't alive anymore. So like it yeah. might be pretty cool to like see that um, and whatnot. So like, yeah, because that's... that's that's sometimes where this bullshit can lead you to mm-hmm. is uh, some some bad choices, making your money where your money can be made and um, other things. How did um, did you have like a friend in the group that had a fake ID? No, but oh, yeah. nobody was afraid to do beer runs back then. Oh, I don't know how right? we would get kegs. Yeah. Somebody always was able to get a keg somehow. Maybe somebody Sun did Devil. have a fake ID. That or there was a liquor store. It's still there down on Gilbert Road, and they just never carted anybody. Oh. It was like Gilbert and Elliot. So Chandler, yeah, there's one in Chandler too. Yeah, uh, Arizona Avenue, uh, Lee <laughs> Market too. Yeah, never carted this back in the day. Uh huh. 
And then, of course, they're stealing alcohol from your parents. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. So, when we did our desert parties, um, we I, we were all working at Circle K at the time, so we just oh sold my each gosh. other beer. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, that would be so perfect it for was, back then. <laughs> it was. It was a little too perfect. <laughs> and we'd party. That was like out at Dynamite and Alma School back when there was nothing over there. We were the only gas station for like eight miles. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was fun time. That yeah, is awesome. Right. So I used to have this one homie, Sonny, that used to... We used to uh, get beers all the time. Him and I, uh, he would uh, smuggle them out of fries. Oh my! In his pockets, and like, I mean, this is again when I was like nineteen and mm-hmm. shit, like really uh, drinking like super heavy and like not really like okay, well, I'm not the one stealing it. You know, he's just giving it to me. Right. You know, like, I wouldn't go in there and steal it. You know, I always thought that was so crazy ballsy <clears throat> when people would uh go do, like, actual, like, beer runs yeah. and they go and snatch them and shit. That was so crazy. I'm like, man, how do Criminal you do that? behavior. Yeah. yeah. Criminal, Criminal behavior. behavior. And they, my friends, like, I remember them having different stores, like, mapped out where they could, they knew they could get away with it, you know? But they would just go in and grab a case and run out the door. Yeah. And you got a getaway yeah. driver, obviously. And yeah. when I will, I will attest to like, if you were at my Circle K and you ran out with beer, like I was, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'll call the cops <laughs> with the non-emergent line. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. You just ran out with beer. Yeah. Dude, when I, when I worked at Fry's oh, down in Chandler. I just got done smoking pot around the corner and I bumped. I It was something out of a movie. I saw the kid in the store before I went out on break. He was kind of looking sweaty walking around there. He eyeballed me a little bit as I like walked around like mm-hmm. to come out of the deli section and out the, out the door. So he looked surprised as ever because him and I kind of like bumped right into each other as I was like walking around the back of the building and he was coming around the wall because he just stole a bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he looked super fucking surprised like, oh, my God. And I looked surprised like, fuck, dude, I smell like weed. (laughs) I'm glad you're not somebody else. And then like, he was like, uh, uh, I was like, dude, don't worry. I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, I don't care what you're doing, dude. And I was like, give me a pull off that whiskey and just fucking get out of here. And he's like, all right. And I just fucking took a huge swig off it and gave it back to him. But yeah, it was, uh, oh my <laughs> was gosh. wild, dude. <laughs> but yeah, like, what was I going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know, like shit. I just got, I just, I got, all this, I got like a half ounce in my pocket, dude. <laughs> Am I gonna go tell my manager I caught you outside? I fucking smell like marijuana. Yeah, exactly. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some whiskey so I can don't smell that much like marijuana. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when working in certain working in certain places, like you said, you know, I used to go get drunk with my boss all the time, mm-hmm. my foreman and shit like that. Um, where, where was it for you? What did you, uh, do and do for work these days? I'm a hairstylist. I, I work at a barber shop and I have for like the last seven years. Hairstylists, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they're a crazy bunch of people. So, um, yeah, I've been doing hair for 13 years. So that, but prior to that, um, 
I had a period where I was working at a call center and that was the thing. Like if you're working the same shift as somebody, do you want to go get a drink after we're done? And somebody's always down, you know? So the call center, (laughs) the call center jobs are enough just to make you drink in general. (laughs) They're terrible. There would be mornings where I would be like, please let me get in a car accident on my way to work so I don't have to go. <laughs> oh, I used to fucking hope for that when I worked at Pool Man. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking say the name of the company because it was an awful place. Yes, it was a steady employment, but fucking, hey, I hated that mm-hmm. job. It was so much work for nothing. But um, I learned a lot about pools. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would hope for that. I would cross my fingers mm-hmm. on like days because this is like when I was like a really sad alcoholic too. I worked in an area where there was like a lot of snakes and I was like, please let me get oh. bit by a fucking snake and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> I would just wish for it. <laughs> but not like a lethal snake where you're going to die. Just not like enough a to bad get you one, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, same thing with the car yeah, accident. Exactly. Just a mild enough one where like I don't have to be there. <laughs> right. Right. It's just oh enough of an inconvenience where I might as well just go home after Yep, this. exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i remember this one kid got bit by like a fucking hor- uh it was like a harmless snake and like come on dude mm-hmm. come on he's like i gotta go you can't steal my yeah. dream away from me with this harmless <laughs> snake brother because <laughs> i was already not drinking and shit at that time uh, i was like assistant manager and shit but like i heard i saw that on like the switchboard or whatever and i was like oh man lucky yeah (laughs) but and like you showed the wound or whatever and like this or that it was just like a scrape instead of a puncture i was like man you're fucking fine (laughs) the hell out of here yeah you'd be fucked if it was a puncture then i'd right i'd be like you better get to the fucking ass of the hospital dude (laughs) scrape (laughs) yeah yeah like a scrape so harmless snakes right you i guess (laughs) oh yeah because they don't have fangs because they're not venomous yeah Yeah. Mm mm-hmm yeah, because they'll pull back. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You yeah. Instead of puncture you. Did he have to send a really zoomed in picture to make it look dramatic? <laughs> like that guy, like that meme with that guy with the headphones in his nose. Yeah. Faking <laughs> to be at the hospital. <laughs> oh, that one cracks me off every time. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. How did I get there? Okay, so how did you find roller derby and what got you into it? So I'd kind of always been fascinated with it. I went through a divorce in 2015 and I had a best friend going through a divorce at the same time. And we both would joke like we should join roller derby. You know, you could really get your rage out on somebody else, but nothing ever came of it. So when I decided to quit drinking, I swear the universe just dropped it in my lap. I was at my daughter's house. I was on Facebook and I came across a post from the Arizona Roller Girls and I was like, I'm doing this because I knew that I had gotten in such a habit of every day after work, I'm going to go pick up a bottle of wine. I'm going to drink it until it's gone, maybe drink a second one. And I had gotten in such a rut and like had no friends at the time. I was just hanging out by myself, you know, because it's too it's expensive to go out. So I'm like, why Mm -hmm. not just drink at home? And I would be way more productive when I was drinking like, oh, I can go home and drink a bottle of wine, cook dinner, clean the kitchen, whatever. 
listen to music, have yeah. a little party yeah. for very inexpensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I know. a Dude. Yeah. I was doing all that shit, too. Yep. So I was like, I need something that's going to fill up some of my time just to break the rut that I had fallen into. And so I reached out to the social media team on Arizona Roller Girls and was like, how do I join this? And um, Foxy Roxy, who just had a baby, but she was part of our league at the time. I think she was the one messaging me back and she was like, uh, our new blood program starts tonight. Can you show up? And I was like, yes, I can. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I hadn't skated in years. I had no gear, nothing. And I am not the type of person that is like, can go into a huge social setting like that and not be very small and quiet. And I was like, fuck it. I'm doing it. I don't care. I showed up. I knew nobody. (laughs) And I couldn't even, I like could barely stand up on skates. I was terrified. My knees shook like I was a baby giraffe, but I kept going and like the rest is history. So I've got, I started playing last, well, I started the October before when I quit drinking, but I passed out of our new blood program and played in my first bout last May, I think. And been going at it ever since, but it's awesome. And what kept me sober through it is I was, thinking like if I'm hungover there's no way I'm going to want to go practice I'm not going to want to skate outside of derby because I'll feel like shit because I would spend an entire day in bed hungover you know yeah so it's really kept me sober now I know I'll never go back to drinking because for the first time I quit drink like I quit yeah, okay. several so times. I was looking through your Facebook page and shit like that because I wanted to kind of get your sober date you know somewhere correct and your year um, of, you know, when you started and what have you. So this wasn't the first time you stopped, right. but you said in that post, you, this is the first time you did it for yourself. Yep. So what were those other times and what was the illusion for that you were stopping drinking or whatever it, the case may have been? Um, I, one of them was having kids. Like when I was married and having well, that's like a good small reason. kids, I didn't drink for five years. And then when I went through a divorce, I kind of drank really heavily and then I kind of calmed down and then I would do stuff. Like I had a friend that was like, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm like, cool, I'll do it with you. And I stayed sober for two years. But when then that friendship ended, I went right back to it. Oh, all right. And then last year in 2022, I was going to do the um, 75 hard, which is no alcohol and whatever. I don't know if you guys have ever looked at that program. I've never it's heard It's like of no it. drinking. Um, you have to journal every day. You have to read 10 pages in a motivational or like self-help type book and work out twice a day for 45 minutes, once outside and one inside. Mm. So I did that for 75 days and then I was like, I'm going to do it again for another 75. So for 2022, there was four months. And that was probably the worst that I've ever drank. Well, kind of, I got really bad after COVID. Like that kind of put everybody into such a depression. Yeah. So leading up to COVID or coming out of COVID and I did the 150 days sober. And then between June and October, I was just like, that's all I wanted to do was drink. I went to work and I drank and that's it. So this was the first time where I was like, I'm not doing it because somebody's asking me to. I'm not doing it for some workout program. I'm doing it because I know I need to do it. And part of when I had done the 150 days at the beginning of the year, that Christmas before, I have a four-year-old, almost four-year-old granddaughter. We had 
open Christmas presents, of course I was drinking and I didn't remember any of it. So that mm. was one of my things too. Like I'm going to do this because I want to be around number one yeah. to see her grow up. I'm tired of doing holidays where I'm blacked out. Like I don't remember anything other than what's on my phone. And the stupid text messages that you send when you're oh, drinking. Yeah. Like, I would be dread waking up in the morning looking at my phone like, oh, my God, what did I text? It's just terrible. So I all of those things combined, I was like, I can't do this to myself anymore. Like, I need to live a good, productive life. I don't want to die early. Yeah. Which... It's very easy, you know, when you're drinking all the time. Not just from health reasons, but, you know, getting in your car and driving or just doing stupid shit that Uh you wouldn't do sober. Yeah, absolutely. So those those generally sound some sound like some pretty pretty positive reasons to stop drinking throughout the years. Um, I didn't know if it was like more of like something on the negative, whether it was like you know fucking so and so wants me to do this, like some shit relationship or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> or whatever. So yeah, those are some pretty positive reasons to uh, stop bending the elbow throughout the year. So shout out to you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, cause COVID was a, was like a rough time for a lot of mm-hmm. people in recovery and, or like starting their recovery or their sober curiosity around that time. Cause this, you know, happened so quickly and, um, being, you know, locked up and whatever mm-hmm. I, unfor- you know, I fortunately and master, you know, worked jobs where we were able to continue to go to work, you know, pools and what have you, commercial pools and whatnot fell under that sanitation. So I was still able to work. And And obviously master being in healthcare, being a healthcare paramedic, Mm -hmm. what have you, um, was able to work under those circumstances. So, and I was already many years sober by that point off Mm -hmm. of alcohol. So like coming home and shit like that, like, and then not really because I didn't really go out anyways. I went to roller derby practice yeah. and shit like that, you know, and then, it, you know, going out wasn't my thing ever, you know, but, um, a lot of people did struggle. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I would, uh, I would see, oh, you know, people bitching about like Home Depot and stuff like that, always being busy and whatever. Like there, there's people there doing what they fucking can to keep their goddamn hands busy. Dude. Right. Like. You ever think of it that way? Yeah. Like just kind of, kind of relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're not for... doing something to stay busy, then you're bored, yep. and then, and that, then leads gonna... to... yeah. that leads to that leads to. I know the what demon makes me less back. bored. That's right. Yeah, Instantly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, like, did you have any uh, struggle moments like that during the pandemic? I did. Just feeling um, bored, you know? Okay, I can zip this day up a little bit. A hundred percent. So. Working in a barber shop for the longest time, we were thinking like we're gonna be okay, and then they made the announcement that mm-hmm. salons, barber shops, tattoo shops, and such had to close. We had actually made the decision a couple of days prior that we were gonna close because just nobody knew what was going on, and people weren't coming in anyway. Like everybody was scared, so we're just sitting at the shop doing nothing. So we're like, it's probably the in the best that we just decide to close. But um, when the governor at the time made the announcement. I I cried for the entire weekend, like, because I didn't know what to do. I don't make money if I don't work. Um, yeah. Like, when you're self-employed, you don't have the benefits of paid time off and right. stuff like that. And unemployment wasn't set up for self-employed people yet. So I was like, how am I going to make money? How am I yeah. going to pay my bills? And for the first maybe four days that we were closed, I just... 
drank the entire time. I would get up and drink, take a nap, get up and drink again. Like, And then finally I was like, okay, I can't do this indefinitely. So I actually did start letting people come to my house and I would cut their hair and I got a job delivering pizzas. So all of that kind of kept me from absolute destruction kind of helped you out yeah yeah that's that's good because fuck man like i i couldn't even like imagine like of because i had no desire to go and drink again after i stopped yeah you know but i always had that great empathy for others that are addicted to to substances and shit like that that current that struggle every Mm -hmm. day to stay um, on a level of sobriety that, you know, I, it's amazing to me that mm-hmm. how they have that, that willpower to do that. And they might say the same thing to me. Like, it's amazing to them that I just had the willpower just to be like, no, and just shut it off, mm-hmm. you know? But like you were saying, um, not, you know, when you got when you got into roller derby and then making this decision to stay sober this time, not having that ability to go to practice because mm-hmm. you're hungover like this or that, because as I was progressing and l- tapering off with the drinking, but just binge drinking on the weekends mm-hmm. after parties, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, because winning the after party oh, and, yeah. or what have you, or just being in the after party culture, because mm-hmm. you've been a fan, you mentioned 2015 was mm-hmm. your fandom, yes? Yeah. So that was party days, like oh, what yeah. have you, 2011, even further back than that. Those are all the party days of roller derby. I remember there's pictures of me. My first few games refing with the Arizona Royal Girls were out at the fucking Hollywood Theater, mate. And I got a pitcher of beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm holding a pitcher of beer like this. We're all swigging pitchers, man. It was wild. Yeah. Um, But that shit was easy. Yeah. Being an athlete was hard. So I, you know, making that choice like, hey, I'm going to go with the hard choice of being an athlete. Because ultra-endurance sports Mm -hmm. and stuff came into my life after uh, not drinking so much. Um, And I found out there is a lot of other people that are sober, what have you, that are ultra-distance runners, too. Yeah. Like, I'm not a runner. Like, I would skate ultra-distance, but by myself, like, I don't know, like, there's maybe a community for that nowadays because of the pandemic started and everybody's doing that. But back when I was doing it, I was the only one doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, just feeling so good, like, waking up and doing that. And that's something I never would have been able to do if I was drinking the night before. Mm -hmm. So, like, that challenge to become an athlete again and not be an alcoholic was was it for me, too. Like, hey, I want to do this. So... I I totally get yeah get you with that. Well, and hangovers in your forties are no joke. Like it's not just one day. Yeah, it's two or three days where you feel like shit. Like the second day is obviously better, but you're like, I can still feel remnants of the massive poisoning I did to my body two days ago. So that was the other thing too. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I never I've never had um, an addiction to alcohol. Um, so I should preface that. But I did, um, I do remember my last drink. Mm-hmm. I remember um, kind of almost quitting before that in a way just because 
One, um, if I had like two or three beers, I was hungover, like hungover from two or three beers. Yeah. And peeing out my butt. Um, <laughs> or else I would, yeah, or else I would start like, uh, if I drank hard liquor, then it instantly gave me a tummy ache. So my body was just telling me, you're done. Yeah. Um, but then I do remember, I think it was, it was the game right before, I think we got locked down from COVID, where our team... Oh no! Was it the championship game? It might have been the championship game. I feel like I think I had I played a pretty good game that game. We went out for an after party. Somebody bought me a shot. I remember taking that shot of clear tequila because I love clear tequila, and it instantly made my tummy hurt. And I was like, "I am no, I'm done for mm. good, done, done." Just you get old, and your body doesn't yeah. like it. <clears throat> it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been hung over that late in life. <laughs> only only with the ultra distance hangover mm-hmm. or like the roller derby pain and pleasure pimp hangover from the yes. night before. Yes. So what was it like showing up to your first first roller derby practice? Um, I was very nervous, but everybody there, I mean, you guys know the Arizona Roller Girls. It is the most welcoming group of women that I've ever come across in my whole entire life. Like, there's no hate. There's no bullying. There's no cattiness, which you would find always amongst a group of women. But it wasn't like that. They just brought me in. Everybody was always super encouraging to me. Lean in there a little bit. We got a dirt bike guy in the background. (laughs) Um, so they almost immediately felt like family to me and I knew it was somewhere that I just wanted to keep going because it felt so good to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I did see somebody break their ankle, like in my, maybe, I don't know, a couple months into it and it kind of freaked me out and I was like, should I really be doing this? But I did. I'm, I'm the kind of person that's more likely to break my ankle. I'm stepping off a curb like any day same so i'm like i might as well live dangerously (laughs) yeah exactly i'm probably more stable on skates than i am on my own feet same yeah i mean it's my if it's my predestination it's my predestination yeah Yeah. to happen to me it's just fucking there it's gonna happen it's not a bother um so you saw that was um i'm gonna go ahead and shout her out f-bomb yeah yeah oh no 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 it It was was somebody uh, else cobra Cobra. Oh, oh right. right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I remember seeing some photographs of Cobra being pushed around in the, in the wheelchair. wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. Like so practice and things. F-bomb had broken it. She was out prior it was to like me shortly joining. after. Right. Or whatever. I don't know. So when did you actually join? October 17th. October 17th of 2022. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Because, yeah, I mean. Being able to go from fan to player Mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people, like, some people are, like, born into it and whatever, Mm -hmm. and yes, they've watched their parents and stuff play and what have you, but you're kind of born into the sport. But, you know, being someone who watched it on TV and then seeing it here locally and then getting to play it and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's like was the ultimate experience for me. Um, who were some? Did you go to some of the Arizona Roller Girls games? No, I didn't. oh no, no, you just mentioned, yeah, yeah, right. I just you just emailed them, yeah, okay. Because um, I was wondering if you were a fan of any of those <clears throat> athletes showing up, but joining the league. 
Did you become a fan of any of your league mates? On, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, that, that fangirl level, like, oh, man, you know, like, you're fucking awesome. That's my skate hero. Yeah, yes, who's sure. your skate heroes within the league? Lucifer, for sure, <laughs> right? She's so <laughs> amazing. I'm like, every time I see her skate, I'm like, I want to grow up and be just like her. Yeah, she's <laughs> rad. I'm trying to think back at the very beginning. Like, she's my current. Like, uh, I just want to be so much like her. But Yeah, um, who was your motivator at those first few practices when uh, you get there? Who was your motivation? Probably Dozer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't know back then either that she's also sober. So I didn't find that out until, like, a few months later. But she's so dedicated, you know, and she does – they all of management does such a hard – work to keep the league what it is and keep it very positive i know in the past there's maybe been some issues with it not being as positive mm-hmm. so with dozer being the manager i think it's great they've For gone sure. some really really good directions and uh what have you when it comes to you know um having us come out as well yeah <clears throat> and um either having visiting skaters from phoenix roller derby male identifying or female Mm -hmm. identifying you know extending that courtesy to us and being able to play with you guys is always a pleasure because you know i got my start there i mentioned that Mm -hmm. i'm I'm always going to shout them out that uh you know because they they're they're the ones who gave me the power that flyer you know Mm -hmm. your flyer came in the form of seeing it you know online others you know have that story of getting handed that flyer like hey mm-hmm. you should come do this yeah you know and then today um it's the rock and roll marathons happening within the scottsdale area oh yeah i did see something about right. that today so the dates are different each year but every year when the scottsdale uh, or when the rock and roll marathon happens, that's when I left that parking lot over on 68th Street in Thomas because I used to fucking practice in there all the time, mm-hmm. like when I get home from work. But I'd still have to cop that buzz again. You know, I don't want to like blow too much of my interview next weekend or within the next few weeks. But yeah, I'd still, you know, drink that tall can, go shred mm-hmm. that parking lot and whatever. <laughs> but um, Today, today is like the day or whenever the marathon happens. Come on, Sadie. Is uh, when I left the parking lot to shred it. Mm-hmm. And then like I kind of that was kind of like the start for me. Because then like I would leave there, go skate down to like Mill Avenue. Yeah, I'd have a couple of beers when I get there mm-hmm. and stuff. Because it was my reward. <laughs> right, right. Again, to go back to that. But still, it was something that. I was finding there was still a positive spin I was putting on still going to have a drink. Mm -hmm. It was still kind of like a way out, you know, like even though I was like heavy drinking on the weekends and shit and whatever, but it was like a way out still that I was like really proud of. And Mm -hmm. I'm still really proud of that. Um, What are some of so far being a newer player, a newer player to the sport what are some of your proudest moments as a roller derby athlete so far? Um, I think probably within the last couple of months, like, I mean, both of you know, it can take a long time for it to click gameplay, especially, and not be out there just 
in blackout mode. Like, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. just happened Survival while I was mode. out on the track? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm out here. So when I can reflect on probably the last four months of game where I can feel it just really starting to click. I kind of know what I'm doing out there. I can effectively block somebody. I have blocked Lucy before and I'm like, yes, that's a good feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think just that and really getting out of my comfort zone, especially like joining you guys at Phoenix roller derby for your games. I really enjoy skating with Phoenix roller derby a lot too. Like I think because there's no expectations when I'm there, like our whole league isn't there and you're kind of with a group of strangers. I have more of a high from skating at those games than I do our own games. So I really love that. And just putting myself out there with nationals like yeah. I'm terrified but I'm gonna do it anyway yeah yay you know let's just go have fun you yeah exactly get our butts love to whatever <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah. that is like just all in general has really brought me out of my shell where you know you kind of get in your own head and you think well what are people gonna think of me and you just restrict yourself from doing things out of fear and that's where drinking also came yeah. in like I can do anything when I'm drunk mm-hmm. you know yeah. mm-hmm. so I don't have that buffer anymore of drinking and like really pushing myself out of my comfort zones. It's been a really good, like it's been a really good growth year for me mentally. Not to say that everything's all sunshine and rainbows because there's still shitty days, you know? Sobriety isn't super easy. There's days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed today because I'm fucking depressed or whatever, you know? It's a long process. It's a long process of getting sober and really like redeveloping yourself mentally. And yeah, because I mean, like like you mentioned, um, going having that little bit of a buzz or whatever, mm-hmm. like how I did that. It's gonna suck less when I'm out there and somebody yells faggot at me when I'm in my roller skates yeah. and whatever. It just stings a little bit less because yeah. I'm kind of drunk, you know. Because yeah, oh yeah, yeah that, whatever that happened all the time, dude. Wow. All the time. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it was it was so it was terrible. It was so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> People are not nice, no. unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. like I mean that was, you know, part of it too. Like w- the ridicule I might face is gonna suck less yeah. if I have a buzz. Right. You know, so like yeah, I see I, I'm I mean, I love doing these and uh talking with everybody because we can all relate mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, if somebody stumbles on this um, <clears throat> and they're like, fuck, dude, these are like really relatable things. Like, you know, yeah. I, this is what I went through or like this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you. Like I said, to hear it for people who've been through it because I didn't want to hear shit yeah. from somebody that wasn't fucking drinking all the time or like knew what, mm-hmm. you know, what this was or this or yeah. that. Like, like I said, it was hard to like. You know, because I was living at my mom's house at that a lot of the time, and um, we always had beer there. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was always welcome in the house and shit. So yeah, I was like, whatever. I'm gonna go hole up in my room after after work, fucking have some beers. Yeah, go to work hungover, still drunk from the night before. <laughs> yes. Drive a vehicle. Drive a company vehicle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fucking wild. You know, really irresponsible yeah. things. Like, shit, I remember this one guy fell asleep in the drive-thru. I'm not going to name his name, but he um, 
got drunk on route, fell asleep on the way home. Got oh Taco no! Bell, fell asleep in the drive-through, kind of, or like up in the spot in front of it, waiting for his food. No, he still he had it. I oh, guess he gotcha. pulled forward and oh, pulled yeah, in the yeah. parking spot and just like ate half of it and passed out. Yeah, yeah, shit, man, really, really crazy shit people yeah. do when we're drunk. I'm telling you, it um, is crazy. When you did you. Were you aware that there was open gender stuff that AZRG was doing when you joined or I wasn't aware. Um, when was your when was your first open gender game with uh, us and AZRG? I think it was the May game. The May the So maybe I started Mario? in April. We did the, the Mario, Mario bout. Yeah. yeah. That was your first game right <clears throat> yeah. on. Hell yeah. So were you See, you know, because you were privy to it though. You mm-hmm. were, you know, seeing it and whatever um knowing that a lot of us from Phoenix Roller Derby, especially us male identifying athletes, weren't assholes yeah. out there on the track. So, but were you still a little nervous? A little bit, yeah. Playing. So, what made you nervous? I think just the gameplay or. Yeah, probably gameplay. Like, how am I going to go up against a guy? You know, like a. They're going to be stronger than me. But. The guys that play are so much more gentle, I think, when there's females involved. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think it was last game I ran a pretty good distraction on you and didn't have to like make any contact with yeah. you at all. Yeah, I just ran enough of a distraction <laughs> on you, and like that was that was it. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like it's there's some trickery that can be used in certain sure. situations like it with you know shit sometimes i wish dozer would use a little trickery instead of fucking mashing me so hard but <laughs> i remember <laughs> i don't know if i it might have been the last game that i worked before i started playing but you were there and robin de niro was playing and she knocked you out of bounds and i was like oh my gosh like i was mind blown that yeah that she was able to take you out yeah no one to hold them too because i've seen i've seen athletes take like take like a bump enough and just kind of fight it and get Mm -hmm. fucked blow their acls up or like whatever you know just some crazy stuff fuck their lower legs up so sometimes you just got to know when to take a knee and slide out yeah boogeyman's always coming back <laughs> i know you know i'm always gonna be right back there like where did you i just knocked you out of bounds like holy shit now but you're, you're such here. a great player to play with too because you're so vocal out there and hands-on where even being an all female league there's not enough hands-on like i don't know that because we have so many new skaters mm-hmm. too that they, we just get to the point where you're not super comfortable touching somebody oh, yet. Sure. And Boogie's out there like pushing everybody around, grabbing them by the hips. I'm like, this is great. This is what we need. <laughs> well, that's that's how I was taught to play roller derby yeah. in 2011 and 2012 and like even going up because modern day WIFTA still has a lot of touching, a lot of hands-on mm-hmm. partner play and what have you. So like I was taught that, um, did you start starting with out? Yes. Okay. Um, cause the men's team was housed with AZRD. Okay. So like a lot of my flat track experience comes from there. It's rooted at the hot house with AZRD. Mm-hmm. So I'm with a lot of that, a lot of that hands-on body play I learned there. Because 
how good are you at one how good are you one on one blocking somebody? Not yeah. very good. I don't care who the fuck you are. Right. You're never gonna be able to do it for that long. Mm-hmm. Um you always need that partner in roller derby. So like <clears throat> that's why I'm so handsy. And, and I, I wish that was taught a lot more too, um, in other places because like you know, you see it in WIFTA and what have you. Mm-hmm. It's like part of gameplay, but being taught like someone's gonna touch you someone's gonna throw you around Mm -hmm. you know that's what the sport is and like i always preference that with people who play with me for their first times i'm like all right i'm gonna shove you around i'm gonna grab you you know i'm gonna yell Mm -hmm. be ready but i always i always taught i'm always told it's good learning experience it is that makes me feel good for someone who's played for so long i'm like yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) got to teach somebody something yeah, we have guns, guns and motors guns too. on mm-hmm. our training team now, and she played with AZRD mm-hmm. before too. So that's good because it's bringing in some of those um, moves and stuff that lift a leagues use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, it's just it's just super handsy stuff. And I've played with guns for a long time, and I've been around the scene with them and what have you. So they're they're another one of those. I wish they would run a little bit more of a distraction mm-hmm. on me because <laughs> you know they know they know that i'm gonna go in there for that hit but yeah they're gonna fucking take it to me though <laughs> like every time they'll take it to me every time <sighs> master knows <sighs> master knows about those guns hits dude about guns dozer, hits dozer tsunami oh I'm my god over it i know just like sometimes <laughs> i show up to the games and i'm like I'm going to be real sore tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I get kind of like if you see guns and tsunami going out and they're on the same team or guns and your mom, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so we all, when when we do, you know, AZRG, their league, when we're introduced, we all stand, line up. Mm-hmm. What is that experience like for you? What's the energy like when they announce your name and you're to step forward and present yourself to the audience? I'm honestly like, please don't let me fall. Please don't let me fall. <laughs> <laughs> but my knees are always shaking at that point too. It's because I don't like being in the spotlight the like that. Attention. Yeah. So I try to do it as quick as I can. Get out, move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I wish sometimes we'd go back. Like, I mentioned this before and stuff, but it's worth mentioning again for us old-timey folks. Um, doing the pack lap and then mm-hmm. having your name introduced, mm-hmm. then you, like, oh, you, like, do something like this. That would crowd, be cool, or, like, yeah. You break out of the pack, then you do, like, your half a lap and get back in the pack and stuff. There was a lot mm-hmm. of variations of mm-hmm. uh, how it would be done. And then a more of, like, a theatrical introduction, too. So, like... In my case, it would be black cats don't even cross this dude's path tonight. We got the boogeyman skating for the black team or whatever, you know, like certain theatrical introductions Uh would be pretty fucking sweet. Or what if you did something because you could do that at the rack where like every everybody gets their own like theme song Mm -hmm. and you just come running out from the locker rooms, do a lap while your little song plays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what would be your wrestler introduction theme song if you had your own introduction out of the locker room what song would play for you as you're sticking oh, that lap 
Let me think. It's got to be something ACDC. Like the... I was thinking Back in Black. Yeah, that's what, that's, what, my head. that's what came to my head, okay. too. <laughs> something loud. Yeah. Loudest band in the world. Loudest. ACDC uh, yeah. can just always get you pumped up. It can. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Back in Black, that's got to be it. Especially since my whole wardrobe is like 99% black. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Shit, if I ever get a, a Harley Davidson Street Glide or any big bagger with a radio on it, I'm going to probably play a lot of ACDC yeah, as I'm yeah. going on road trips. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I would always um, fantasize about that when I was on my motorcycle because I didn't have radios on none of my bikes or like helmet rigs or no shit like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would always think about listening to ACDC records as I was blowing it down yeah, the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have a uh, pregame ritual or routine? I don't really. I try not to get too superstitious. Like um, before our last game, my gear was very smelly, and I was like, "I'm going to wash it before the game." And somebody was like, "You can't. It's bad luck." And I was like, "I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm washing my gear." You know, but get down like that. Yeah, Staff I usually infections are real. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Cal Squad just got me turned on to like washing my gear and shit. But yeah. I usually work the day of the bout. I'll leave a couple hours early. I go home and just kind of chill for a little bit yeah. and get ready and go. See, you're not the first. You're not the first hairdresser we've had on the show that's had oh, yeah. that same response too. Like I just kind of I fucking signed up for this life and I work on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Where did you get your name from? Um, I was just trying to think of something that like suited me. I'm probably a little bit of a drama queen. So I was like, let's do trauma queen. I don't know oh, if yeah. I would ever change it either. Like I can't think of anything else that does suit me. The names though are the best part too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love everybody's name. Oh, me too. Well, what about your number? Um, I can't remember what I wanted first. I feel like I wanted um something with my kids birth months and it wasn't available so 875 is my month and year i was born okay yeah okay very nice uh what has kept you coming back to roller derby other than it keeping you sober just the community i mean they're my family now you know and it just it keeps you in sh- not necessarily in shape, but it keeps you active, you know. Yeah. Because I could still put away a pint of ice cream every night. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I wish I could stop doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but mm. the community for sure, and I just love having skates on my feet. If I go too long, I'm like craving to mm-hmm. go out and skate for sure. But I'm not brave like you. I don't go out and skate by myself. And I really, that should be something I tackle this year. Like just going out and when the, I feel like skating. The first couple of times are real scary. And yeah. then it gets to the point where you're like, yeah, no, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I live right by yeah, part what? of one of the canal. I live by the BRC. But uh, okay. the canal that runs along Mesa Drive and Brown I'm area. Familiar. I've skated. Yeah. See, several. I'm like, I should I propose go out a there. master back there. Yeah, I was like, oh, I like that path. Yeah. 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 I just don't know which direction, like how far it's um, paved for um, and not I can I can hook you up with the uh, okay. with a map of the area. Well, like if you, I'll show you on the, on the map and shit because it curves all the way down to like Greenfield and mm-hmm. what have you. So like depending on. I'm not trying to triangulate your location. That's why we can do this all off air. Yeah. But depending on which way you go, you can go towards Tempe, towards Tempe Town Lake. And mm-hmm. that's that's pretty decent through there. 
um, on the east side skate spots, I mentioned that whole area. Yeah, I listened to that <clears> one. I'll have to go back and listen again because I didn't. I need to take. But yeah, notes. I'll point. I'll point them out to you on the map since you're okay. over here and stuff like that. But yeah, I encourage it, especially back there. I mean, it's it's pretty all right. Like, um, in my lifetime, I've been like physically attacked before and had to perform See? Mortal Kombat. So, oh like, my god, I'm not afraid. Yeah, either because like. I, you know, like, well, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I've always like carried a weapon with me. So like, I'll, I'll have like my retractable baton and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I just would skate through there because I would commute, um, On commute skates. roller skate. Yeah. Cause I didn't have a car or motorcycle mm -hmm. for a long time. So if I had to go somewhere waiting for the bus sucked and I was yeah. like this time right here, this is again, like why I didn't go to the program too. Um, the time sitting there was time wasted that I could have been teaching myself how to roller skate mm -hmm. better, but you know, shout out to everybody in the program. Yeah. Did you ever go? Okay. I so didn't. you're, I mean, I've self. been, I've been to meetings with people in the past. Um, you know, going is like friend support and yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Hell yeah. But I just, it's not, it's not for me. And I don't judge people like oh, no. if it's for you, that's cool. If it's not, then, you know, I feel like everybody's sobriety journey is their own is their own. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, that's why I said I don't shit on anybody who, yeah. who goes to meetings and stuff like that because I didn't go. Um, That's like I said, this is a fucking rough journey. Mm -hmm. And I applaud everybody on whatever avenue you take to get off of that long, hard road because that fucking road sucks. Yeah. And it seems like everybody, like I'm on a bunch of sober pages on Facebook and you'll sit there and read comments. And um, a lot of people ask about like non-alcoholic -alc alternatives and you'll get the Water. preachy ones on there. Like, yep, that's going to trigger you to drink again. Like if you drink a non-alcoholic beer, I'm like, that may be the case. I know. a little bit of alcohol in it. I know. That may be the case for some, for me, it worked. I don't do them, I don't drink them as often as I used to, but at the very beginning, because I had that habit, mm -hmm. I would be like, I'm going to go get a six pack of non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. I mean, I used to fucking drink those when I go for long rides out of town when mm -hmm. I was a drinker and um, whatnot. Because I didn't want to fucking drink alcohol, you know, fucking and get get fucked that fucked when I was going out of town on my motorcycle. But, you know, I still wanted the taste because mm -hmm. most of that shit tastes like dishwater anyways. dude. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, but that's what I would that's what I would drink. But in my, you know, I would never fucking drank it when i was on my journey off sobriety because i think that would have been that voluntary thing for me yeah because i don't want to get too preachy and shit like that but i always think of that episode of the simpsons um when homer and barney i don't know if you're a simpsons fan or not but mm -hmm. um when homer and barney get picked to train to be astronauts mm -hmm. and both of them quit drinking for a while because it's part of the requirement then Barney, there he's he's given. We've learned to find out it's non-alcoholic wine or whatever. But he like drinks that, and he's like, "Oh, it begins," and his hair gets all messed <laughs> up again and shit because he's all clean cut, Barney, during that time. Yeah. So I always picture that's what it would be like for me yeah. if I voluntarily drank alcohol again. My brain would go, "I mm -hmm. know what this is like." And it would be fucking all over. Mm -hmm. um, I accidentally uh, had alcohol in my mouth for my first year 
of sobriety, I was in Las Vegas with my then partner at the time there for her friend's wedding. And, you know, like I was drinking Red Bulls, you know, fucking gambling and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And underneath these casino lights, the Red Bull and this whiskey and seven looked the same on the serving tray. Oh, yeah. And the, and the server didn't kind of set them to designate them aside or whatever. Because I think they kind of picked up that after, you know, the when I wasn't ordering alcohol, but tipping very well for only getting caffeinated beverages. Right. They, I think they kind of knew I was a sober person. So they, that's, you know, they accidentally gave it to me and I drank it cause it looked the same. I was like, all right, thank you. I tipped them and whatever. And I, I drank it, but like I didn't swallow it, but enough of it got into my mouth and I spit it out. That was the last time when I turned to my partner, Laurel, because she didn't walk away yet. I was like, oh, my God, that one had booze in it. And she was very apologetic and what have you, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I turned to my friend, Laurel, and I go, that didn't break my streak, did it? She goes, if you drank it, it would have broke your streak. But if you would have accidentally mm-hmm. drank a little bit and then spit it out, been okay. But if you would have drank it and then finished it, absolutely. Because yeah. I was like a first year at that point or mm-hmm. encroaching on that. So, yeah, that's like the last time I voluntarily or involuntarily per se had alcohol in my mouth. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was glad I didn't turn into Barney from The Simpsons <laughs> and drink it. Yeah, to go back to that. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I always picture what happened to me. But, yeah, like, because, you know, like I said, I wanted to, I didn't want to be too uh, too preachy to anybody yeah. and whatever. But yeah, like non-alcoholic beer probably would have sent me. It would have sent me. Yeah, personally. and I know other people like that. For me, I was just like, I because I always enjoyed the taste more than I mean, I liked the buzz obviously, but I drank beer for the taste. So I was like, if I can still get that without being intoxicated, then yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, even certain things that t- that um would that would have been booze flavored, um, certain things that are pina colada flavored. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I had that grape <clears throat> candle that you said smelled like wine, and I had to get yeah. rid of it, and it smelled so good. Yeah, Aww. certain things smell like booze to me and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I can't do it when I was uh doing bread delivery. And going back through these like back rooms, like through the bar and like through the kitchen and shit like that, where like the old kegs and stuff mm-hmm. were, and the smell of the stale beer oh, was making me yeah. so sick and uh, whatnot. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that I had that kind of adverse reaction to it and still do. Yeah. And uh, I always I always tell my kids too, like, you know, it's not the thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not he- like I said, you're not hearing this from somebody who's never fucking lived that role. My oldest daughter's seen it. Right. You know, so I hope she never, never drinks or responsibly maybe has a couple growing up and mm-hmm. what have you because she's only 19. Um, but yeah, so she's seen it and that was a good assist. She was like the best assistant for me as well because uh, she noticed it. And said things are better when you don't have that green can with you. Yep. And I was like, "Fuck, this is, this is it." Yeah, I've heard some of the same p- feedback from my own kids. Um, How old are your kids? I have uh, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, and twenty-five. 
Right on. Yeah. But my 22-year-old, he's kind of like your daughter. He never drank growing up. He waited until he was 21, and he'll have a beer here and there, but never – it's never just latched on to him like it did with me. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. But him, definitely, he's like, it's so much better when you're sober. Because I can get mouthy and belligerent and start fights. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, you know, in your case, you know, there's – you like missing shit on holidays too. Yeah. Every 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 holiday now since I've over the past like coming up on eleven years, I always that that first that first few days leading into Thanksgiving, I'm like, man, I'm this year I'm leading into my eleventh holiday season. Yeah, that's a great feeling. Because yeah. holidays, dude, that was a fucking excuse to get fucked up. Hell yeah, for me all the time. Like you mentioned, like. <clears throat> You know, it's an excuse to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got people over, you know, like whatever, you know, like this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. This is what I was brought up doing. Yeah. Seeing I mean, my I'm... parents do or my aunt, my uncle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of them. I mean, Everybody. yeah. I remember doing shots on Christmas morning or putting like whiskey Drinking in my Drinking mimosas with your yeah. parents. It's like eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. yep. but it's just, that's how you celebrate, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so I mean that's that's good that you were able to um to get out of there yeah. and uh, whatnot and finally finally be able to because I mean it's it's the best mm-hmm. you saying because like I said shit I applaud you for being able to stop just voluntarily like that so many times um like for me it was that one and done sort of thing mm-hmm. where if i knew i knew if i didn't make that happen i wasn't going to be here yeah you know i or i wasn't going to be there for my daughters or any sort of potential partner down the road mm-hmm. or even you know myself my parents so on and so forth so i had to do it for everybody yeah so like i applaud i totally applaud you for being able to be having that power to shut it on and off like that is something that amazes me and um that's like that collective gasp that i got when Mm -hmm. i went to that aa meeting when i was like i just didn't want to do it anymore and people were like what yeah what and that's been five years ago. Like, yeah, I just fucking woke up. I was like, all right, that's it. Mm-hmm. Enough. And yeah, I was like, I kind of, that's when I realized like maybe I don't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I could be supportive, but then I'm wasting time not being my skate. See, it was a whole, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing for me. So Derby is our AA. Yeah. Really? For, mm-hmm. for like myself and our guest here, Trauma Queen with your Arizona Roller Girls. Derby is like our AA because it's that community again. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that community of people, and now it's leaning it's leaning so far away from that party scene too, and becoming so much more athletic as well. Which I really love, and I was surprised like once I got to know some more of the girls, how many actually either are in recovery or they mm-hmm. just don't drink at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean it's it's really cool, and like you know, like I said, like. From doing this show and stuff like that and, you know, stumbling on people with their stories are Gus Lambo and stuff. I had I didn't really know that he was uh, coming up on his 11 years the day before mine. Wow. On the 26th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm on the 27th January. So, like, I didn't know all that leading into uh, his interview. Um, but yeah, like it's amazing that w- that there's so many of us within this community that 
that are sober athletes. And like I said, it's gone from fucking drinking pitchers of beer mm-hmm. at the after parties for some of us or even drinking in the locker rooms from some of our yeah. stories from our derby dames and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's come a long way since then. So what are some of your athletic goals for 2024 in roller derby? Um, I just am starting a training program with Thrasher. She wrote me out a program. And um, so getting doing that, mostly gaining more strength um, and not being so afraid to go out and jam. Nice. Okay. I would. I'm that one that's like, who's going? Who's the next jammer? And I would be like, um, <laughs> if I don't see you, you don't yeah. see me. No <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> don't look at me. I don't want to do it. And my thing was like, you don't want me out there anyway, because I barely know what I'm doing as a blocker. So it's really been my focus since like November, December. Like I am going to become a jammer next year. So sweet. All right. Yeah, I like it. At the last Phoenix uh, game, I was like, fine. I'll just go out and jam. I think I jammed twice. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't think I got through, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll keep I'll keep that in mind if uh <laughs> if I see you back there and we're on the on the same team, I'll I'll make some holes for you. Yeah. Okay. I'll help like you out. like I always tell Shell too, and we I know we talked about it in our interview, you just gotta yell my name and I'm gonna turn around and be like, Oh, you need help. Yeah. <laughs> got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I'll be up there looking at looking at shit before you notice and I'll be getting your attention doing some <laughs> some shit with my hands yeah. or whatever, but it doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. when I'm before that whistle blows. Yeah. I'm just making I'm like just making wizard, really distracting yeah. things for people to look at. Like I think he's trying to tell me something. Mm-mm. No, I'm just distracting the other players for there the most part. But if I'm out there on the outside box, you know, right here. Yep. Go right there because I'm distracting everybody in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. But yeah, um, I'll be there to um, to help you out in those uh, open gender matchups for sure. Awesome. And uh, what have you. Master, you got any? Uh... Yeah, I do have a question. Um, your first pair of skates that you owned, how did you and how did you pick out your gear? Did you pick out? things that were helpful or did you have to go back and rebuy stuff i have rebought so much stuff <laughs> <laughs> like i bought rydell darts as my first skates mm-hmm. and first off they're ugly and then <laughs> they're super padded so they're very kind of tight on your feet so like two three months in i was like i'm upgrading my skates so i got a pair of bonds and then I feel like those were too big. So then I bought another pair of Bond skates. <laughs> yes. I think I'm good now. But we did have a list of suggested brands and stuff when you first start. So they suggested the Rydells as start- starter skates. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. I love my Bond skates. Right. Um, but gear and stuff, I just went with whatever's recommended. I know that most people like 187. So I try to keep all my gear 187. Okay. But that stuff also gets smelly real fast and doesn't necessarily uh, come out when you wash it. Yeah. So I've upgraded that a couple of times okay. now, too. <laughs> yeah, I've bought several uh, knee pads and wrist guards and shit over like 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. It just happens. You know, it really chews up your gear, the skate park. But I the know. skate park's really fucking awesome yes. and a lot of fun. It is. It, the concrete's always hit me harder than any human being. Yes, it has. It does. <laughs> so... What have been some of your adventures out at some of our skate parks around town and or out of town? 
I haven't gone to any out of town yet, but I am a big fan of McDowell Mountain um, Skate Park. A coworker of mine husband skateboards there so we went and it's very like uh, it's a lot it's like a transitional from just going on flat surface to being able to go down some ramps without a coping on them so you can get that and then fountain hills also has the same similar um like steeper ramps lower ramps and what's great about fountain hills if anybody is just starting out skate park skating they have a little baby ramp with a coping on it so that you're able to and they do have the mini bowl Mm -hmm. so there have been some updates to that park Mm -hmm. since uh, because it used to be kind of like a drop-in kind of heavy park like Mm -hmm. i don't know if you went to the old one before it was i didn't but it was more of like a drop-in kind of heavy, bigger, ver- bigger like street kind of sectiony. Mm-hmm. You can still see a lot of the old park incorporated in the in the other design, but um, it used to not have any of that shit there, you know. Yeah. Because they just renovated it. Renovated it. I have not been out there yet, but McDowell Mountain Ranch though. I love that part. That one is pretty dope. That mm-hmm. was one of the first ones that. I was going to, uh, my partner Laurel got stuck in the bowl. Or no, she didn't get stuck in the bowl there. Ryan, her son, got stuck in the bowl. And homie Dakota, we met at skate with the skateboard, had to fish him out. Mm, oh my trucks. gosh, yeah. We hung over like this. And pull him up. And yeah. pulled him up, yeah. Oh. So shout out to Dakota, wherever you're at. Um, <clears throat> I've heard there's a decent skate park out here. Yeah, Asia. it's out in her backyard. Yeah, that. that. <laughs> we got a ramp out Which... there. It's kook free for sure. Mm-hmm. The AJ one uh, used to be pretty cool. Uh, it's it's kind of run down. I wish they could like patch it up or like yeah, do some renovations to it. But yeah, fucking AJ's got a sick park. They can, that park's pretty sick when it's not kind of chewy. Yeah. yeah, you know. But yeah, they got a little snake run and whatnot over there. Pretty decent like street section. We got like, you know, McDowell Mountain Ranch. They got a lot of pyramid boxes and yeah, stuff over there. I love that. A lot of good trannies and shit to go to. That's where Audrey fucking fell on her tailbone. And That's I was, right. And I ribbed her about breaking her tailbone. That's I was right. like, you broke your tailbone. She's like, oh, no. And then she <laughs> told her mom, dad said I broke my tailbone. And I was like, I'm just ribbing you. <laughs> no, she was like, Dad said, he, Dad said I broke my tailbone, but he rubbed this stuff on me last night and it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> so like I rubbed like this fucking, this muscle rub on there. I guess it helped her, but yeah, she didn't really break it. I was just ribbing. Yeah. You know, making a freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the deck is also, have you guys gone out to the deck? It's out of Eastmark. Yeah, that's all right. Master has. Not, I don't, I'm not a I'm pump not track impressed. person either. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of pump track. I think as a, that's where I started was the pump track. Yeah. And then just graduated from there. But uh, And Fountain Hills has a pump track too, but it's asphalt. So it's definitely made for, oh, for yeah. bikes. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing I don't like is that you're competing first space with bikes yes. and skateboarders yep mm-hmm. for sure but that's another reason why we decided to purchase this property that we're at because we have plenty of room to put ramp mm-hmm. extend on the ramp put like you know hopefully an airbnb back there <clears throat> inshallah sometime we'll have a uh that Airbnb, would be awesome. And yeah. a concrete park out in the front. Mm-hmm. A little mini bowl ourselves. So we don't have to deal or compete with any right, space. Yeah. Right. 
Because that is the worst part about going to skate parks. Yeah, um, because shit, dude. Like, I don't know if you had any like negative experiences and what have you. Because roller skates are a little bit more prominent at parks and shit these days. But Mm -hmm. shit, way back, like even during like the start of the pandemic and stuff, you know, certain people get get fucking mouthy with you showing up with your fucking quad skates, like whether whether you're male, female, or however you fucking identify. Cats fucking get all territorial. See the quad skates. Like I almost had to beat shit out of a couple people. Mm-hmm. Like throughout my years of going to skate parks. Yeah, we went out to um, the wedge in Scottsdale. That's one and of kind of ran into me. it. Where I hate it out they just there. try to bully you out. Yeah, like, we're not gonna get out of your way. Right, you we're know? just gonna snake all your yep. runs, yep. and you're gonna have an awful time and leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I haven't gone back to that one since then. No, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's nice having the ramp because it's like you can try stuff and like things that you wouldn't want to sit there and be like, I'm going to waste everybody's time for the next 10 minutes while I work (laughs) on this one thing. So. Yeah, I don't, I I was never a fan of the wedge um, because I I would skate through it all the time because I just lived at 68th Street and Thomas. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of my route area to go cut distance was throughout El Dorado Park and shit. So, like, I'd fucking poke out through there and whatever and take that that backside and then kind of, like, go through, like, the wedge and whatever, like, hit the fucking vert wall. Because mm-hmm. I was park skating at that time, but I never skated that one. Just because there's, to me, you can't really get a run in there. Right. The bowl kind of sucks. Um, a lot of it is, like, straight up and down. There's no smooth it's transition. It's transitions there. Yeah. For sure. Um, except for that one spot. Except for that one spot. That's in the middle where everybody skates through anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, fuck this place. Um, but, hey, some people like the wedge. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not for me. It's, it's not, not for, for everybody. Um, what are some other dope ones? Reed, was, Reed is okay. It's too big. That's it's, more of a bike park. Yeah. To get speed throughout the bottom of it. When you're newer at it, that... I've gone over to that skate park in the front outside of the gate. There's like a little drain. Yes. That's very shallow. Mini drain, so that yeah. one, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll skate that all day. But if you go inside the gate, I look down and I'm like, yeah, that's a big note from me. There's I am. That huge bo- There's that huge bowl with like that weird yeah. spine, like right in the middle of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why even put Maybe that in there? a couple of years. I am not there yet. <laughs> Yeah, like like I said, Reed's okay. It's more for like a bike or whatever if you're because mm-hmm. it's just so wide on the flat bottom. It is. Same. It's like Pecos, but Pecos you can get there's like pockets. So mm-hmm. you've been out to Pecos. I have. Yeah. Yeah. There's those little pockets where like it kind of acts as a mini ramp almost. Right. Right. So those that's pretty tight. There's just no shade there. Yeah. Where was the first park park you dropped in at? at or have Fountain you dropped Hills. in yet? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fountain Hills on their mini bowl. Okay, I cannot right on, dro- nice. I'm still too scared to drop in on a big bowl. Yeah, how tall is is about two and a half or three over there? Yeah, probably. Okay. That's what I can kind of see from the pictures. Mm-hmm. My buddy Andy got like a good side view of it the other day. And what's nice about that, like leading up to just because I don't know if you guys are like me, but having a coping under your feet is it's so different than just having a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in that bowl, there's two smooth transitions in. So you can get the feel of how oh, it okay. feels to drop into it without doing the coping. Okay. So that was like a good place to start and oh. get up the courage to drop in. Yeah, I don't know. I just step over it. <laughs> I've always just stepped in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or like 
went on like a roll, like rolled up to it and then just kind of like stepped into the into the bowl or whatever. Yeah. I never stood there and like looked at it really. I think that's why I I liked PV a little bit because they had the spot where like the coping would start, but then Mm -hmm. it was like banked over here where it was essentially the same degree in. But yeah, no, no coping. Yeah, because that's um, going down at um, at Pecos. Mm -hmm. They have like those spots where it's just like the straight. Right. Like, you know, it's like a steep sidewalk. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can roll into those banked edges mm-hmm. and shit. So what I would do when I first started and learning how to drop in, it was like do or it's like I'm going to do or I don't. Mm-hmm. So I kind of peel up through there and then roll up and then roll out of that one side. And then right when I would get up, I'd go back in there. But I was I would just take it with the momentum and not like think too much about it. Yeah. Just go for it. And then. I was dropping in after that, then, okay, I can stand here for a second, just drop my foot over the side, fucking go for it. Master does some crazy stuff, though, drops in with her foot on the coping, and it freaks me out. It freaks me out every time. Well, I mean, things that you do freak me out, so. (laughs) I I know. Yeah, that trap door drop in is freaky. Yeah. You know. I think it's, yeah, I have to stand at the edge and look for... A long time to yeah. figure out like what foot am I going to use? Where is my first set mm-hmm. of wheels going to go? And then what's going to happen with my other leg? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I lead right footed. Mm-hmm. So half the time I turn my shoulders like this or whatever. I have my shoulders turned and then I turn them straight in as I'm dropping in. Right. Ooh, Sadie's trashing the place over here. <laughs> Sadie's snuggling up here on the couch. I had to get a picture of her. Um, yeah, if, if I like have my shoulders turn, kind of go like that, kind of like slice yeah. into it. Because, you know, again, it was like rolling in from the side usually. It's never really straight on. That makes sense. Unless if like that one time I got surprised at Thunderbird. I didn't know that fucking side dropped off. Oh, that's right. And I just skated right into it. This is like, well, oh here my it gosh. is. <laughs> so yeah, I fucking kind of overshot the vert, kind of like landed on my wheels, like mm-hmm. onto the flat bottom, like on the opposite side of that hot dog. If you've ever been, I haven't been there, but now I've got two new parts. Or Rio that I Vista, try. yeah, or whatever. But yeah, Rio Vista Thunderbird, that one's okay. tight. Union Hills. That's right down the that's road my from favorite. there. That's yeah. our favorite. We used to live near there. Okay, yeah, so. I miss it. It's feels so, so far there's away now. Paradise Valley, Thunderbird, mm-hmm. and Union Hills. Yes. Yep. Okay. Those are the like the Northeast Valley spots yeah. or thereabouts area that are worth going to. Okay. Good um, to know. Yeah, those are those are pretty tight. Uh, you got a favorite dinosaur? Uh, probably a brontosaurus. Okay. All right. Um, what do you like to eat after games? Um. Usually after games, we have our after parties at the on the green. Mm-hmm. They have great greasy food. There's uh, cheese curds, are amazing. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and they have these potato wedges that are like potato skins, kind of covered in cheese and bacon. Sounds good. Definitely greasy food yeah. after. Same. Yeah, I like the uh, pollo fries from like. Filiberto's, oh, yeah. any place with a bear toes. Mm-hmm. The uh, <laughs> the fucking pollo fries are bomb. 
And uh, I can baby mouth those too. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty awesome. I could get in on that. Um, <clears throat> you got anything else, Master? Who's who's your favorite track, buddy? Um, good question. I like being out there with everybody, really. But usually somebody more experienced. Like, I love it when you're out there with me. Or um, also Dahlia, because her and I started at the mm, same time. Right. And I we've skated together a lot because she always drops in at Phoenix Roller Derby, too. So yeah, shout like out. We, yeah, yeah. We skate together pretty well, I think. But there's not anybody that I would be like, oh, I don't want them to be my track yeah. buddy. Oh, you know? for sure. For sure. That's what's great about that group over yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always the Arizona Roller Girls. Yeah, Special yeah. place in my heart. <laughs> Special place in everybody's heart, too, because I know a lot of athletes who got their start there mm-hmm. and, you know, went on to, you know, joining like national travel teams and, you know, going, you know, moving out of state and taking their adventures there and getting on their charter teams and stuff. So sh- forever shout out to your Arizona Roller Girls. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, what was the hardest skill for you to master? Crossovers. Okay. I feel like I just got them down. Like the full crossover. Like at the beginning, you, I'm like, I can't even lift my other foot, mm-hmm. barely. <laughs> so once I got the actual like crossing my foot over, but then really developing it to where you're using both legs and using that non, like not the non crossover leg as a pushing leg. Push too. leg literally within the last three months has that all clicked yeah and then turnaround stops i still get scared of them especially if i'm going super fast yeah 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 just always make sure your your head's going with the gameplay yeah and that's something that it took me a while to learn too like your body's gonna follow where your head is going Mm -hmm. i would always try to turn around and just keep my head stuck yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know yeah leading Going into roller derby, being a motorcyclist, kind of like helped me out oh, too. Oh yeah, because my bike was gonna go where my nose was pointed. Same right. thing with my skates. That's so true. I kinda like helped me out. Well, yeah, I was like teaching your myself sho- how to do it. And your shoulders are yeah. already going that way. So. Yep. yep, your nose is gonna go, or your your skates are gonna go where your nose is pointed. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell like uh, younger, or not like younger skaters, but people who are like learning how to skate or what have you, during uh, league orientation the other night. I mentioned this to uh, one of the athletes uh, that were out there interested in joining Phoenix Roller Derby. Uh, <coughs> yeah, just make sure that your uh, nose is always like your, you know, your your eyes and nose are always where you want your feet to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then lean forward too a little bit because yeah. you got those knee pads on. Feel yeah. yourself falling down. Bend your knees and fall forward. Yeah. Because that, co- that goes back to that knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them, too. Right. You try to fight it going to the robot. Robot <laughs> position, you break yeah. your fucking lower leg like that. Right. Or you fall on your tailbone, and that's pretty worse because... Yeah, I haven't done you that You bruise your yet. tailbone, and it fucking really hurts. For mm. months. For months, yeah. I'm still feeling mm. the effects. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't done that skating, but... Oh yeah, there's pictures coming up on my uh, on my Facebook of my fucking hip being so gnarlyly bruised yeah. from uh, trying to jump a speed bump and shit like that. Like my first few times with my skates, like after I first got them and shit, 
Yeah. I have to tell a funny story. So I don't really bruise super easy. So I'm always bummed. Like I'll take a hit and I'm like, I have no bruises to show for it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Phoenix roller derby games, I got taken out by the jammer coming along. I don't know whose skate wheel went into my butt cheek, but it was either mine or his. And I got my first derby bruise because it was it was a hard fall and it went deep. And I had this like black bruise on my butt cheek and i was so proud of it i took pictures of it every day i was like (laughs) finally i have a bruise that i but you can't show it off because it's on your butt yeah yeah (laughs) you get flagged for that yeah somebody would definitely report you for that one um all right so i think um i think that's about it you got any shout outs you want to throw out there for anybody just my whole team for the Arizona Roller Girls. They all have gotten me to where I am today and helped with my sobriety, and I'm so thankful that I have them to call my family. Fuck and yeah. you guys, of course. Aww. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being on the show, too. We um, yeah. absolutely love hearing from everybody. It's it's uh, our pleasure to have. Oh, and your barbershop? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Fritz's Barbershop in downtown Mesa. Yeah, yeah. All right, hell yeah. Yeah. And can they um, book you specific? You can book on, yep, you can book online at fritzesbarbershop.com. Sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, like, if someone wants to go in there and get a cut, they can just ask for you? Or yeah, is it on like the website, the it's okay. got a link that says book with Kirsten. Right okay. on. Okay, My nice, nice. Civilian yeah, that name. felt really weird when you just said that. <laughs> I know. It <laughs> won't like, say book with trauma queen. Yes. <laughs> weird. I don't know who Kirsten is. <laughs> oh, awesome. Master, do you got any shout outs this time? I just am really excited for our first um, public game back since COVID. So um, I'm, I'm really proud of you know, everyone that was involved keeping us together throughout COVID and um, everybody who's stepping up post-COVID to continue for the league to run smoothly. And um, yeah, come and, come and watch us skate. It's going to be a fun time. I'm so bummed that I won't be there this time. I know, but there'll be more. There'll I'll be, be at the February one. Yeah. And can you tell the listening audience where that game is happening? Oh, it's at Peoria Sportsplex. It is at 16083 North 75th Avenue, Peoria, Arizona, 85382. It's 75th Avenue in between Bell and Greenway. Yeah. So I think we're having a lemonade vendor. Um, we have... Um, some homemade craft uh, vendor, Persephone, with her. I know she's, I don't know what all she's bringing. She's bringing, like, her crochet stuff that she makes. Oh, I wish I had her Instagram, like, in my brain. But, like, she makes some really cool stuff. Um, and then possibly the taco truck. I don't know. That would be sweet. Yeah. It would be. It would be rather It'd sweet. Be a fun time. There's raffles. Raffles and, um Yeah. All the good stuff. So, yeah. So, totally. On Saturday... Whoa, did I just turn my mic down? Yeah, I did that on accident. Saturday, January 20th at... 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Thank you, Master. Yep. Phoenix Roller Derby will be mixing it up with with our league opener. And uh, that happens after the Roller Rage games on Saturday. So, yeah, you can see a lot of Roller Derby that weekend. But yeah, don't don't forget about Roller Rage coming up. 
Also, January 19th through the 21st, I am again taking the track with my friends at Cal Squad Roller Derby. Yeah. <clears throat> really pumped on that. Uh, let's see. We got to shout out our sponsor here, Siphon Draw Apothecary. Thank you so much for sponsoring the program and supplying our guests with uh, care packages and stuff. So make sure we get your address and what have you before we get out of here this afternoon. And we'll get you one sent out. I really appreciate them going on a year now of uh, them being a sponsor of the program. I picked up some of their stuff at RollerCon and it is their pain stick. This All right, amazing. speak on it. Let's it hear that amazing. testimony. So I had a knee injury. I fell a couple of times at the beginning, and I don't know if I tore something. I don't have health insurance. I could still walk, so I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. I would tape my knee and brace it, but it was still, I think that happened in April of last year. August was RollerCon. It was still giving me problem. I stopped by their booth at RollerCon, and I picked up the paint, the CBD paint stick, and it is amazing. It is great. love it. Yeah, and their soaps all smell amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love the uh, the soaps. But yeah, so thank you again yeah. to our to our sponsor, Siphon Drop Apothecary, and thank you again for supporting them by uh, picking up some stuff there at RollerCon. Yeah, shout out to you, Trauma Queen. If you are wanting to visit them, they can be located at Goldfield Ghost Town. That is 4650 North Mammoth Mine Road in Apache Junction, Arizona, 85119. <clears throat> Go out there, check out their art gallery too. You'll see some amazing pieces done by our very our very own Dolly De Los Muertos. So, yeah, friend of the show, coffin dragger, owner, and uh, what have you of the psychopath carry regulator? I mean, she got a resume. Yeah, Dolly's yes. got a resume. We're gonna have her back on here uh, for a part two. Beekeeper. Anyways, with the beekeeper. Oh yeah. Hopefully we She's can get a so beekeeping cool. with Dolly De Los Muertos in there. She's so cool. So cool. Everybody check out her episode <laughs> and the other episodes of the program. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five stars there. Leave us a comment. What would be your walk-up music? What have you been liking about the show? I don't know. Say something. We'll answer it back um, in one way, shape, or another. We'll read your uh, answer on the air, too. Um, I don't know if we have any new reviews, but we like reading them, so leave us, and we will give you a shout-out that way on the air, too, so... What other radio program is shouting you out for uh, for that? Um, I know I would be super pumped on that. Being a fan of the radio, mm-hmm. you know, always trying to win Larry's fucking lunch sack and shit. Yeah. I'd call yeah. in <laughs> in high school and stuff, you know, always trying to win something. <clears throat> so leave us those five-star reviews on either Apple or Spotify. We would really appreciate that. That was That's the easiest way and free way to support this show and support our small business Meowder Limits Productions LLC um, so yeah but if you want to spend a couple of bucks you can check out our store uh, on the link tree on our social media profiles on Instagram and Facebook out from under the bed at out from under the bed on Instagram and out from under the bed with the boogeyman on Facebook you can find us uh, there you can click that link tree you can also find other places to listen to the show throughout there our sponsor 
Uh, what else we got on there? I think that's it on the uh, link tree so far. But yeah, go there and uh, do some shopping at the Meowder Limits store. Pick up a sticker. Uh, we're going to be posting our mugs there this afternoon. So pick up one of those. Um, yeah, so support our uh, our program here. And our artist too at Art by Cherry Jane. She's got commissions currently open. You can find her at Art by Cherry Jane on Instagram. So if you're looking to get a cute drawing done or like a flyer, band flyer, roller derby flyer, anything like that, you know, a likeness of yourself, you know, like if you've seen our logos and shit, looks these look just like us. People always comment like on our shirts and what have you that we make. Is that you guys? That looks like you guys on your shirt and be like, yeah. That's always a good excuse yeah, to hand them today. a business card <laughs> to get them to follow the show, just like you guys. So, yeah, really, we really appreciate you guys listening to the program. And, um, again, thank you to Trauma Queen for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you to everybody involved. And, um, everybody, it's been about 100 days. Don't ever talk. Don't ever stop talking about Palestine. We are not free until Palestine is free. Nelson Mandela said that a really long time ago. And like I said, that's been a really long time ago. So yeah, um, we're not free until Palestine is free. Free Palestine. Thank you all for listening. I would like for everybody to always, always, always look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. This is the Boogeyman, Master Sedator, and Trauma Queen. Returning back under the bed, but never back into the closet. Thank you all for listening. Good night.